Made Visible helps people with invisible illnesses feel seen and heard. It provides a platform for people who seem fine but aren't to share their experiences. It also helps to create a new awareness of how we can be sensitive and supportive to those with invisible illnesses. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Made Visible. I'm your host, Harper Spiro, and I'm so glad you tuned in today. This episode is brought to you by Abridge. Abridge is a free app that helps you capture the details of your healthcare appointments so you can review them anytime. We are living in some really crazy times with coronavirus, and I know that everyone is going through a lot of emotions and feelings and challenges in navigating all of this, especially those of us who are living with invisible illnesses. So I wanted to continue to dedicate our content to this topic because it's not going away anytime soon, unfortunately, and I feel weird publishing things that are sort of unrelated. So if you follow Made Visible Podcast on Instagram or me at Harper underscore Spiro, you know that I was recently in Tel Aviv and I was there for a while trying to decide if I go back to New York or stay in Tel Aviv. And I had a lot of mixed feelings about it. When I spoke to one of my doctors, she told me that she felt that Israel had the emergency situation down a lot better than the U.S., which was reassuring, but also made me think, should I be closer to my medical team and access to the medications that I need on a daily basis, just in case. So I went back and forth a lot. And eventually, I decided on March 8th to return back to New York and be closer to my family and my medical team, and just play it a bit safer, whatever that means in this situation. So I flew home on March 8th, wiped down my seat, wore a mask, really did everything I could to protect myself. And I arrived back to New York. I've been out in Long Island ever since where my family has a house. And I feel super grateful to have space here where I can go to different rooms and take a walk in the neighborhood and go to the beach and not be exposed to many people, as opposed to being in the city where I'd have to press the buttons of the elevator and potentially be in the elevator with people and obviously walking down the streets and exposed to anyone outside there. So it's just been a really wild time and there's really no right words to say on how to handle this. Since I've been home, I've been really adamant about sticking to the drugs and supplement regimen that I'm already on, meditating twice a day for 20 minutes, getting good sleep, making ginger turmeric concoctions, and really just trying to stay in touch with the people that I love and care about, my friends, my family, my clients, you guys, obviously, and just anyone that I can stay connected with because we are isolated physically, but that doesn't mean that we need to be isolated virtually. So it's so important at a time like this to stay connected and really support each other because everyone's going through this and the range of emotions are just so extreme. Yesterday was a day that just felt so much harder for me than it had in this last week or two. And I'm sure there will be more days like that. So I really encourage you to reach out to people, stay connected and support one another. Additionally, I wanted to make sure that you go over to madevisiblepodcast.com. And at the bottom of the page, there's a button to send a voice note to me. 
You can send me your thoughts and feelings during this challenging time. You can ask a question that we can consider to include on an upcoming episode. It can be related to my health, how I'm navigating this, coronavirus related or not, and really just anything that you want to share because I know that having our voices heard is really important during time like this. And we're going to put together an episode with these questions and thoughts that you guys, my amazing listeners, want to share. Today's episode is an update from many of our previous guests over the last 75 episodes. So they're sharing their thoughts and feelings, tips, experiences as it relates to coronavirus. And everyone's going through this in a very different way. As much as we're all trying to stay isolated, some of us are more immunocompromised than others and living in different situations with or without people. And so I thought it would be valuable to share this information. I appreciate your patience with the sound on this episode because obviously they were all recorded from different homes around the world as we sadly won't be back in the studio for a while. So please be patient with us and I hope you enjoy listening to this and find some peace and calm amongst the chaos during this time. Much love. Hi, I'm uh, Letty Cotton Pogrebin and I was on episode 30 and I have been spending the last nine days, along with my husband, and we're both over 80, staying home. We order through Instacart. We watch Netflix. We have good dinners. And we're getting through it. But we're eventually going to come out and see friends and be careful. And I hope life will come back to normal. Thanks for doing this very interesting feature. Bye. Hi, I'm Matt Glazer, and I was featured on episode eight of Made Visible. I'm not going to lie. These are trying and hard times for me. Uh, I'm struggling a little bit, but I also know that I'm going to be okay. Um, Someone asked, you know, what does my current day look like? And I don't know. I'm really trying to hold it meeting to meeting or call to call or moment to moment. Everything seems to be changing so quickly. Just a few days ago, we tried in Austin to go support our local bars and restaurants and our friends in the service industry. And yesterday, we ordered something to go, only to hear that the staff and the team had been laid off. And it's hard not to sit with that, that these people that you care about in the community are really struggling. It's hard not to take that home. And, you know, being bipolar means that I can have moments of just just fits of mania by myself, followed by bouts of real struggle and depression. If you listen to the episode, episode eight, like, you know that the big thing for me is just trying to go for a run and clear my head. And I don't have access to a gym. And I don't know that I feel really that comfortable going out and running the streets or the trails right now. And maybe that's wrong. And maybe I should be doing those things. But I try to regulate. I try to take care of myself. And to do that, what I'm really focused on is uh, connecting with my friends on WhatsApp and Slack and Teams and engaging with my staff and my team and my support networks. I'm really trying to do the best I can to check in on my friends that are in Italy and San Francisco and New York um, and down the street. Um, I'm trying not to carry their burden, but I am trying to be a friend and colleague and coworker and supporter. And some of that needs to be me checking out from time to time. I mean, just talking about this right now, I'm trying really hard to regulate by pushing on pressure points on my hand. 
um, which you can't see because this is audio. But when I check out for the rest of the day, I'll end it with a, a funny show or a good joke or a puppy video on Instagram or um, I found Yo-Yo Ma on Instagram yesterday doing beautiful, really soft uh, pieces that have helped me out. But the reality is also just talking about this right now to a microphone and to you all and knowing that I'm not alone. When I feel so alone so often right now as I telework helps. I invite you all to connect. Um, I invite you all to talk. And I hope that you are doing well. You are not alone. Um, it may feel that way right now. And these times may be scary. But you're not alone. It may get harder before it gets better, but know that even though we have not met, most likely, that I care about you and I want you to do well too. And if there's any way I can be helpful, please let me know. You all have been so supportive of me that I am forever in your debt. But it's also time where these invisible things that we wrestle with, all of us, we need to talk about them. We need to own them more than ever. And if we need to do something, we need to do them together. So I'm grateful for you all. I love you all. And uh, I hope that you are doing well, that you're staying safe and healthy and have everything you need, that your families and coworkers and colleagues and friends and you and yourself are all doing okay. So from um, Austin, Texas, sending you all the love and gratitude and appreciation. Hi, my name is Martel Catalano, and I was featured on episode 49 of Made Visible. While I'm practicing social distancing and being precautious in all aspects of my life right now, I've been most observant of the psychological impact this situation has had on the overall illness and disability communities. As someone who runs a nonprofit that serves people with illnesses, disabilities, and caregivers, I've witnessed the overwhelming fear and frustration of the population. Those who are immunocompromised are living in isolation. And those who have disabilities are upset about accommodations easily being made that they had to fight for. As someone living with a chronic disease and disability myself, I feel for our community right now. While my health hasn't been impacted, the collective stress is enough to compromise anyone's immune system. And this is a time for needed self-care and self-regulation. My hope is that this horrible situation will serve as a catalyst for systemic change and that we can take this time to make peace with the inherent uncertainty that each and every day brings so that we are better equipped for future stressful situations. Hi, my name is Katie Dilbao. I was featured in episode 63 with my co-host of Spiraling, Serena Wolf. How has the coronavirus impacted my life? How has it not impacted my life? Harper, thank you for having me and thank you for doing this. I think this is really important. A lot of people are feeling, myself included, isolated, alone, scared, nervous, anxious, depressed, shocked. Uh, I'm feeling all those things and I have been for a while. Like everyone, it's impacting me in several ways. And I think it's become a bit complicated for me to talk about because in comparison to kids who are not able to get their school lunch that they depend on and friends of mine who are unable to celebrate weddings and birthdays and really big celebrations, I feel like my way of speaking about this is just my experience. And it's been really challenging. You know, I had a call with Serena, my co-host yesterday, and 
I was like, you know, it's been really hard for me. It's been really lonely. I'm in LA. I was meant to be traveling all year. I was meant to be in Mexico right now, the second I'm recording this. And I obviously canceled that trip. As far as how this impacts my daily life, you know, I work from home, so that's not that much different. But by work from home, you know, I'm a single person who lives alone or, you know, with roommates. And so I often spend my days out at coffee shops doing errands, wandering, and I'm really having to be home, which is very confronting. You know, I've been thinking about this and it's really bringing to light all of my character defects I've been working on for the last year or so to be examined of like feeling my feelings and sitting with them instead of distracting and numbing and running around, just being present with what's happening and not being overwhelmed and overworked and resting. And it's really confronting to my eating disorder and my recovery from that of, you know, having to have food in the house and stay in and cook. And, you know, I can't really distract myself with running around. I really have to be here. And it's just bringing to light a lot of these issues that I've been working through and how it's impacting my health, which is one of the things that you asked Harper is that, you know, I'm not in a at-risk age group physically, but mentally it's been really challenging. You know, I'm a, like I said, a person with a tendency towards melancholy and a clinical depression and anxiety and a lot of issues that make staying home and being by myself quite challenging and lonely and complicated but I'm trying to keep some routine as far as day to day. I have so much work that I can do and want to do that I'm doing that and I'm going outside every day and I'm going on walks and I'm interacting with people as much as I can in a distance sort of a way. So it's affecting me so much. And I feel that, you know, for people who are like me and, you know, maybe don't have the Rita to their Tom and quarantine it's really important that they check in with other people and that people check in with everyone in their lives, their single friends, their coupled friends, their old friends, their young friends, their new friends. Let's just try to reach out to each other and take care of each other as much as we can, because this is tough and we're all doing our best. All right. I'm sending you all so much love and thank you for putting this together. And um, Serena and I are going to also be putting out a lot of content around this on spiraling. Hi, I'm Melissa Marins, and I was featured on episode 32 of Made Visible. Coronavirus is naturally impacting my life in all the same ways that it's impacting everyone else's, but I actually think that my experience and that of my other chronic illness fighters is likely much easier than most in some ways. Most of us are accustomed to extended periods of isolation. During my lowest point, I was in isolation for most of the day, for months on end. Except in that time, I was also almost entirely immobile. Everyone always encourages us to stay positive and look at the lessons amidst the chaos. And I have to say that I feel very blessed to have had that, what I call, training. Because now I'm self-isolated, but I can move. This is a blessing for me. I can hold the TV remote. I can do gentle yoga, prepare meals, and hold books to read. Of course, I'm remarkably anxious about how this virus will affect me disproportionately as compared to my healthy peers, but I continue to take part in all of the same safety precautions as I've done ever since becoming immune-compromised to combat colds, flus, and germs, 
and practice the same mental exercises that have kept me going after all these years of chronic illness. Hey guys, it's Jessie Ace from episode 67 of the Made Visible podcast, and I'm based in Swaddlingcote, Derbyshire in the UK. So in the UK, we are pushing on as well as we can, despite this whole coronavirus COVID-19 thing that they're calling it. I don't know the exact figures for the UK right now. I don't particularly want to look though, or I'll just start worrying about them. So that is one of the best things I can recommend for people right now, to be honest, um, is to avoid the news because it's going to be over-dramatising everything, which is going to affect your mental health. And I, I understand that, you know, people need to know about what's going on and, and all of that sort of stuff. That's fine. So, yeah. But at present, anyway, in the UK, our schools and care homes are still open for now, but we don't know how long that's going to be for. People seem to just still be going to work and things. Our supermarkets are emptying, to be honest, with people panic buying. But they have put um, new regulations in place now where people can only buy four of each thing or, or something like that. So hopefully that'll help. But yeah, but I am so glad that I bought hand sanitizer months ago as there is now like none to be found anywhere, absolutely anywhere. And I think one of the really interesting things with the coronavirus and how people are reacting to it is just the fact that people are now overly conscious of germs and, um, you know, surfaces that they've touched and things. And I've always been bothered about that. Like, I don't know why other people haven't been bothered about that. But um, yeah, it's kind of, it's almost amusing a little bit for me to see people like using hand sanitizer and things because they've mocked me for years for that, guys. Seriously. <laughs> seriously but anyway it's, it's times like this when I feel really grateful that I can work from home um I'm, I'm so glad that I can work from home but I, I do miss going to coffee shops and things to type up my articles but it, it just feels too risky to go out at the moment you know so I'm largely staying at home just keeping out of the way of, of everybody and everything but one thing I have noticed since uh, the whole coronavirus thing is is a thing that I can't seem to focus right now. Like it's so hard to concentrate and to, to keep focus for so long. And I think that's the main way that it's affecting me. My brain fog has just increased so much, um, probably because I'm like nervous about the uncertainty of everything. And, you know, it's fair enough, I think. But I think when we have too much uncertainty in life, it's when we start to feel overwhelmed and that we're not in control of anything. So I've kind of been telling myself <laughs> every day the things that I am in control of so that it kind of minimizes that overwhelming kind of feeling which is helping a lot so I, I do recommend that to you guys as well but yeah I think I think for me it's not just the virus that's worrying me it's it's how the general public are actually responding to it like just this morning I got told from a relative that they're self-quarantining themselves because they came into contact with someone in a pub yesterday who like at the end of their game, they kind of shook hands or whatever. And it's when they were shaking hands that he joked that he was tested positive for the virus. Like, what? It's crazy. You shouldn't even be going outside if you've been tested for the virus, but whatever. So, yeah, like the healthy general public like don't seem to understand how important it is to keep themselves away from others if they have the virus or even come into contact with someone with the virus. Like, it may be all fun and games for them, but it won't be when they pass it on to someone with a low immune system, you know, or an elderly person. 
it's just awful. So if you're listening to this and you have a chronic illness or whatever, just be mindful. Be mindful of, you know, uh, hygiene and washing your hands regularly, wiping down surfaces and just stay home a little bit more than, you know, you, maybe you normally would have done and you probably have a better chance of not catching it. But all in all, you know, it's, it's something that is vastly out of our control and we can only change the things that we have control over, like washing our hands. So if you're in need of some good old British humour, <laughs> then search online for a video of our Prime Minister Boris Johnson as he washes his hands on camera while singing happy birthday to himself twice. It's amusing, trust me. You'll have a great time. <laughs> anyway, jokes aside, remember that all communication is so important for mental health. So please keep in contact with friends and loved ones. You know, like there's so many ways that we can do that over the internet now. Uh, video calling over the internet, you know, Skype and Zoom and social media and all that sort of stuff. Because it can be extremely frustrating when you're just quarantined into with four walls. It's it's just becomes too much, you know. And the other thing to say is I think it's important to remind people that not everything you read on social media is the truth. I think there are a lot of misconceptions going around lately. There's a lot of kind of fake truths that people for some reason think it's okay to share and it's, it's really not, you know. So just be mindful of that. Might Be mindful that if you come across a story that is overly shocking, just bear in mind, it might not be a true story. So anyway, finally, if you are searching for some activities for kids to do, um, you know, you probably got them off school right now. Then I wrote an article not long ago for Multiple Sclerosis News Today. It's not specifically MS specific. So, it, you know, if you have a different chronic illness, it will probably relate to you too. So, yeah, so that's my five free activities that you can do at home with your kids for free. It's Multiple Sclerosis News Today. So go and look for my column, Disabled to Enabled. And I'll also be posting regular advice and fun and games and you know, just general lightheartedness sort of stuff in our Enabled Warriors Facebook group. Um, so it's open to anyone with a chronic illness. If you want to go and join that, that's the Enabled Warriors Facebook group. And remember, guys, to stay safe, stay healthy and stay enabled. Thanks, Harper. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from a bridge. Abridge is a free app that helps you capture the details of your healthcare appointments so you can review them anytime. With Abridge, you can record conversations with your doctor and share the recordings with family, caregivers, friends, or anyone who you want looped in on your health. Abridge's technology highlights and indexes the key medical points in your conversations, which is what makes it different from the recording app on your phone. As someone who works with a team of doctors and has lots of appointments, I love this concept of the app. There have been so many times when I've walked out of an appointment only to realize that even though I was paying attention, I can't totally remember everything my doctor said. I love that Abridge solves this problem and helps people be their own advocates and make the most of their doctor visits. To download Abridge for free, go to abridgeapp.com slash made visible. That's Abridge spelled A-B-R-I-D-G-E app.com slash made visible a bridge app.com slash made visible and now back to the show this is margie featherstone episode nine of made visible i have relaxing remitting multiple sclerosis and with the onset of the coronavirus i'm nervous like most new yorkers i'm trying to do everything that i can everything i'm reading about although the information continually changes but washing hands, 
using Purell, trying to stay out of big crowds, not taking public transportation, and trying to not get hysterical. I think there's a fine line between living in this bubble and trying to maintain normalcy. But I don't think my multiple sclerosis is making me any more nervous at the moment with coronavirus. I do have an immune system that is impacted by my MS, but I've been fairly healthy and I hope to continue being healthy. That's what I would say. Hi, this is Amanda Goldberg, and I was on episode 39 of Made Visible. And just to catch you guys up since then, and especially during this crazy time of coronavirus, I wanted to share a little bit about my day-to-day. Coronavirus is impacting my life, not health-wise, but more or less work-wise. I don't know if you all remember, but from the store, I do own and operate with my family out in the Hamptons, and we are definitely feeling everything from what's going on. Um, Our stores are still operating, and we have taken it upon ourselves to do the important steps for everybody's safety. So what started out as just sanitizing and being extra mindful of our cleaning. It was washing our hands more than usual, um, advising our staff to wear two gloves and to keep those gloves on until touching money or credit cards or any sort of transaction. And then it quickly jumped to taking all of our seats out and keeping social distance from everybody, which, I mean, everybody has to deal with at this point. As far as being a type 1 diabetic, it's a little bit tricky. First thing I did was email my endocrinologist because I was just concerned about everything. Am I at risk? Am I a higher risk? What should I do? And safe to say he told me that I wasn't at the highest risk as somebody else, but he really said to be mindful of my blood sugars and keeping extra diabetes supplies around just in case I wouldn't have any way to get anything. Controlling diabetes in general is just challenging in day-to-day life with highs and lows and too much insulin, not enough insulin. You know, stress is a big factor. I've noticed in this situation that when I tend to get in a high-stress situation, like running around to different locations to make sure everybody's doing the right thing, that my staff is okay and able to handle working still or making sure our public knows we're taking all the right precautions, it uh, it really can be difficult on day-to-day life. And I feel as if All of the stuff that's going on with coronavirus and day-to-day life is affecting everybody. Um, I'm lucky enough that it doesn't affect me to the point where I have to keep myself home and not go anywhere, but I could only imagine what it's doing for somebody who has bigger issues than I do, and I can relate to a certain degree, but I just hope that everybody takes the precautionary measures that 
everybody is being asked to take and to respect the lives of people that can't fully handle getting sick like everybody else. And I hope everybody is safe and stays safe and stays healthy. Hello, my name is Yali Shulansky, and I was on episode 38 of Made Visible. What is life like right now? Well, um, my community, which is Riverdale in the Bronx, New York, was one of the first hit with coronavirus cases in New York State. We were at the center of the first outbreak, and very quickly, schools in our neighborhood started closing. We had many friends in quarantine for several weeks. I think they just came out of quarantine today, actually, but still socially distancing and isolating. It's been very strange and at the same time has given me a lot of hope about humanity, about the way that many people are coming together to help and to connect in ways that I didn't think were possible. Even though our synagogues are closed and our schools are closed, I find myself connecting with people on whole new different levels and more and more people around the world through Zoom, through WhatsApp. I'm doing my best to uh, maintain some sort of normalcy for my children. Both my partner and I are working from home, and my daughter is learning virtually. She's four years old, so that is challenging for her to not be able to see her friends. And um, she is figuring out how to stay connected. We've had some virtual play dates. She spends her time creating art for anybody that she can, and she insists that we send them out to our friends. Um, I'm finding myself having to tap into my very deep well of tools to manage just staying constant, balanced, um, trying not to slip into old habits, because now they're, of course, they're right at the forefront. They're very easy to go back into. Just reminding myself that I have the 10 years of hard work and recovery to fall back on, to focus, to breathe, to write. I've been writing a lot more than I did before because I have time to. I'm not going anywhere. I'm working now on actually pivoting during this time and hopefully coming out on the other end with a fully-fledged wellness uh, consultancy business for families trying to send out videos, links, articles as much as I can and trying to engage people in their um, into their own wellness, their mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness. My goal is to continue creating spaces in my own life and my own home that are safe. You know, we have a lot of emotions pent up during this time and we have to move through them. So I'm uh, doing my best to provide that space communally as well, offering Zoom sessions, offering Zumba virtually for kids, offering whatever I can. It's hard. Um, the hardest part for me has been that my I have family all over the world. My parents have been, until today, stuck in limbo in France, and today are trying to leave to come back to the United States, which is kind of frightening. But just continuing to send out positive energy into the world and hoping for healing, hoping that we as a species, as humanity, come out of this a little bit smarter 
I think we're experiencing something unprecedented. The entire world is dealing with the same thing at the same time. And nobody's thinking about war right now or or any silly disputes that were going on before this. It's just, it's about survival, which is what our species has done for many, 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 many generations and what we will continue to do. And just, I am doing everything I can to stay connected with friends, family. My, I still have living grandparents, thank God, in Israel who are in their 90s. My grandmother still insists on going to the supermarket, so trying to connect with her and, and make sure everybody is staying safe. And just uh, putting one foot in front of the other. It's one day at a time, one moment at a time. Sometimes it's one minute at a time. I'm recording this from my garage because it's the only place that I can uh, sit by myself, really. And uh, keeping physically well. Do whatever you can to get some movement. I, that's what I try to do. I, I'm, while it's still allowed, I'm going to run outside and uh, otherwise do what I can inside to get movement. And I'm hoping to see light at some point. I hope that we all see light. And I hope that we come out of this in really in a new age, in an age of light, in an age of togetherness and community, global community working together, it really will serve us as a humanity and as a planet much better than what we were doing before. Thanks, Harper. Hope you're doing well. Hi, I'm Erica Matluck, and I was featured on episode 54 of the Made Visible podcast. Today, we're talking about the coronavirus and how it's impacting our lives. It's impacting my life in a lot of ways, both personally and professionally. I flew home from Costa Rica, where I was leading a group retreat just before all of this began. And I feel fortunate to have been able to get back and to be able to stay put as the situation unfolds. In my professional life, the biggest change right now is that I've moved all of my work to uh, virtual online care. And it's really got me reflecting on how fortunate we are to have the technology that we have at this time, at a time when the one thing we do know is really important is physical isolation and separation from each other. And 20 years ago, you know, that would have prevented me from being able to support my patients and, and work with clients. And now with the technology that we have, it's really actually pretty seamless. And it's a time when most of my patients really need additional support because the stress of all this takes a toll on whatever health condition people are dealing with. And to be able to connect over video and keep our work going from the safety of our own homes, I think is a really great gift. One thing that's come up for me in a lot of conversations recently is just the challenge of really knowing what self-care looks like at a time when we're dealing with a virus that we still know so little about. And I think from my perspective, what I've been thinking about a lot is how do we take care of ourselves when we don't really know what we don't know? You know, even with the case of certain 
over-the-counter supplements and herbs. We don't really know what's contraindicated in this virus yet. And so I've been really in my my own life focusing on the nuts and bolts of taking care of myself, sleeping well, eating a nutrient-dense diet, really watching my response to the media. There is a lot of media out there that will really kind of shake you and scare you. And then there's also a lot of really beautiful, inspirational things right now. Recently, I I watched Italians singing to each other through the windows of their homes and staying connected in that way. And it's these times in crisis where you really find like the most beautiful expressions of human compassion. and. I think that's a really important part of our health. So I'm doing my best to follow the media and stay informed and use that like fight or flight drive to make responsible decisions and protect myself and protect those around me, but also to have that tend and befriend response and be inspired by others and to really use this time to generate compassion and remember how connected we are as a species. I think it's really important to stay socially connected despite isolation. And we're so fortunate to have the tools to do that right now. I've been catching up with friends by phone. Social media is such a great way to stay connected. And we're, again, really fortunate to have that capability. And so I've been trying to focus more of my energy on having gratitude and being grateful for the fact that we can stay connected from the safety of our own homes. Another thing that I've been doing is just making sure I get fresh air, whether that's like stepping out into the courtyard of my building or keeping the windows open, making sure that sunlight and fresh air are part of my life. I think the most important thing we can do is stay home, really. It's just to stay in our space and slow down the transmission of this thing as best we can and really find our own versions of balance. And by balance, I mean really staying informed and being responsible and taking care of ourselves in the ways that we know to be effective And then also doing our best with the fact that we don't know what we don't know. And that's a really challenging thing for a lot of people. There's a huge mystery in this. And we're figuring it out as we go. I encourage people to remember that health is more than physical. It's physical. It's mental. It's emotional. It's spiritual. And the mental and emotional piece is really your opportunity to stay connected with positive thoughts, generate things like gratitude and compassion for others, because that also impacts your health. In every, you know, dark cloud, there's a silver lining. And for me, the biggest silver lining so far in this whole thing has been that it's really slowed me down and it's really got me to reflect on how fast I was moving and how much noise there was in my life that was unnecessary. And stripping things down to the bare minimum and really simplifying and pausing I think has been very therapeutic for me and for some of my patients and clients as well. 
So uh, wishing everybody safety, health, and encouraging everybody out there to just really stay home. It's the most important thing we can do right now. Thanks for tuning in to Made Visible. We hope you learned about something new today. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. We can't do any of this without your support. Visit madevisiblepodcast.com and follow Made Visible Podcast on Instagram. Special thanks to the team who made this possible. Elise Bonebright, the audio editor, Gemma Leghorn, the assistant producer, Dylan Chenfeld for the intro music, and Amanda Gracio for the design.